Okie dokie, pig and a pokey, welcome ladies and gents to the love pod. Uh, that's right, we're a slight a little bit late tonight, 24 hour delay due to the uh, the regular family needs. What can you do when you've got kids there, people? Anyway, I'm still Chris, I'm joined by Dan, Tom and Elliot. Good evening lads, Dan, are you okay? I'm not too bad, Chris, it's been a while since we've been on one together due to me travelling the world and all the other stuff. You've not been able to come on last week, but yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, and... I'm happy to be in my subordinate position of not having to hold it today. <laughs> Very happy. Can course through oh. and just chirp in when I'm asked to. I've missed you. I've missed I've you. Well, you've got me for another another couple of weeks before I go and hold it for myself, and even then I'll only be away for, for one podcast, so it's not going to be too bad. We don't have to be apart for that long if we really don't want to be. Um, Tom, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Back-to-back appearances, I feel like as excited as Dean Moxie does when he sees the team sheet at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope the end. Let's hope the end product is a bit more reliable than uh, than our mate Dino. <laughs> We've also got Elliot on tonight. Elliot, not been on for quite a while. You've been uh, you've been on loan to Bolton FM, but we've, we've recalled you for for tonight. Have you been? Uh, how have you been getting on at Bolton FM? Have you been enjoying yourself there? Yeah, yeah, have. It's great. Um, offers always there for more guys to come down. You know, it's good to get on and sort of share opinions with fellow fans. Quite enjoying it. Good, I'm glad to hear it, and, and I would advise everyone to tune in as well. We do advertise it via the site whenever Elliot's making an appearance, and it's uh, it's more of the same. Obviously, it's not as high-tech as this. There's not anyone sat on the floor in my living oh. room watching uh, watching no, Barcelona at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Don't have a proper studio, which is quite cool or anything. Yeah, well, maybe one yeah, day we'll right. get a proper studio, and uh, and then we'll be able to add some much-needed professionals, in which we've been actually been... Uh, been slated for today on the on the old Twitter line of Vienna for apparently because because we put was instead of want on an article it means that we're we're poorly representing the club as a professional outlet now. Yeah, yeah Tom, what do you have yeah. to say about yourself? I mean, if there's anything that anything that we've become if there's anything that we've become known for over the uh, last few <laughs> years, it's a it's a high level of journalistic integrity, you know. So yeah, Tom, I think they should uh, take this as your last warning, mate. On the on a, a triple yeah. yellow card performance that. <laughs> I, can feel, I can feel the axe. I can feel the axe <laughs> hovering above my neck. You know, first you need uh, to context in when you're talking about our, uh, the club's players, and now, I know, I know. I, I went, I went too heavy on the context and forgot about my spelling, oh. punctuation, and grammar. What a what a pedantic dickhead. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we can't call our leadership like that. We're, we're I was talking. I was talking. About, I was talking about Tom. Clearly, I was talking about Tom. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, if you want to check out some high quality grammatical mistakes, you know, let's let's avoid the fact that Tom wrote a superb article that was finally balanced and has inspired a lot of debate. Let's focus on the fact that he put was instead of want on one occasion on the first line. So, just a little thank you to, to that gentleman, you know who you are, and uh, I hope you find that life that you're so desperately looking for in the meantime. We're going to crack on and talk about Bolton Wanderers. It is a bit late on a school night, I'm not going to lie. It's what, it's about five past ten. Just finished watching the most interminably boring Liverpool match of all time. Um, but one bonus that came of it was the fact that I've now seen a footballer who, uh, who makes me think I could be one as well, Lee Tomlin. Congratulations, you're this week's uh, Fat Bastard of the Week. So uh, congratulations on that award. We'll be looking at that each week, depending on how far we go. So we'll give beer for the working man. Right, we've digressed enough. Yes. Bolton Wanderers, lads. Bolton Wanderers. Now, obviously, we had the, the, the Derby discussion on the podcast last week, which I thoroughly enjoyed listening to. Um, in the meantime, we've had two... It's well, been a bit of shit, haven't it? It, well, it's been it's been a bit of one and a bit of the other, hasn't it? We had the performance against Burton with the uh, the thirty one shots on goal and zero goals, yeah. and we had the Middlesbrough away game, which I think was probably thirty one shots against us and and still zero goals, which takes us by 
my calculations to uh, to five consecutive matches without scoring yeah. at the back end of last season. Uh, are you a bit bothered by that, Dan? Or do you think it's just a, a bit of a hangover from last season coming into it? We started pre-season so well. And we started the season quite well against that, even though with Derby's mm. recent results, it's looking less and less good with every passing week <laughs> at the moment. But, you know, because Portsmouth beat them in the Cup and then they, I think Charlton drew them or beat them even. Uh, I think it was one apiece, wasn't yeah. it? So it's looking... Well, it's still looking not good for us, but it's, you know it seems that Derby haven't set the world on fire as everyone was expecting straight off the bat. But you know it, we've hit the bar like what four times. Medine hit it twice in two games running, so it's hard to you know if one of them goes in, then we're not complaining about scoring no goals, obviously. But so it's hard to complain just yet. And with the performances, I think we did play well. I say well, we did play all right against Burton. We created a lot. We looked all right. We looked sharp in attack at times. Clough and Medine were linking up really well, actually, and that you know, has a exciting prospect. But um, obviously, nothing just went in, and then we lost to a scrappy deflected shot at the end, which is obviously disappointing because yeah. you want to go far in the cups. And I don't care. I know a lot of people say they'd rather go out than you know do all right in the league. But the cup games last year, as we discussed a few weeks or last week, even were my highlights of the season last year. So I'd much rather have gone through, but. In the end, I'm not mm. too asked. But Bolton, Middlesbrough, uh, I think we was all expecting it, weren't we? Obviously, we'll come on to the formation and whatnot, but it's just a write-off. We have to go again on Tuesday and bring a better performance, really. Yeah, hashtag we go again. Now, mm. uh, as, a, as a staple of my early years of supporting Bolton, where the cup runs, the cup runs were an absolutely fundamental aspect of it and, and something that we look forward to doing pretty well in most seasons. And that's been lost the last 10 years or so, and it is a bit concerning just because I did find them so entertaining back when I was a lad um, Tom your thoughts on the Burton game I mean feel free to, to pontificate on the team the, the Medine misses and then and, you know ultimately are you asked about going out of the cup or is it just another game to do without yeah yeah I am bothered like, like you saying I was brought up on you know taking on Arsenal and Tottenham and Coca-Cola Cup final against Liverpool it's it's what well, especially when you when you are which a lower league team which is what we are now that's what you look forward to. You look forward to a cup run and going to Anfield last season. So yeah, I am I am gutted that we went out. Um, pro- probably more so than losing a league game because there's another forty five of those um, to be played. Whereas you lose one game in the cup and that's that. Um, so yeah, I wish I wish we'd have we'd have gone through. I, I don't think the team was was overly offensive. I thought the team was all right. I thought the team he chose pretty was okay. Strong, it just didn't pretty work. strong by my yeah. take in, in in the starting mm. aspects of it at least. Yeah, it it was just it just wasn't our day. It wasn't our day, and and they got a jammy goal in the last minute. And good luck to them. Um, interesting. Um, Elliot, your own thoughts on the game? What, what did you attend it? Did you think it was uh, you know we picked the right team to start with? Would you have made it done, done anything different? Um, yeah, luckily enough, I um, missed out on this one. I was still away, so but from what I've heard, it's a pretty depressing game. But just to go back to the chances, I know we've, we've not scored in five, but. I've heard Lennon said, and I probably agree with him, we are we are making the chances and it's only a matter of time where hopefully they'll come. Although Gary Medine's not really showing anything too promising so far. He is sort of holding the ball up when he's getting a chance, but just that finishing edge, maybe we could do someone coming in on loan to support him. I'm not sure whether he would be our man to get 
lots of goals this season. But to go back to the cup point, I'd, I'd agree that the cup games are a huge incentive and big for any supporters. But if you had to prioritise, I'd much rather crash out the Capital One Cup in the first round like, than the FA Cup in the third round. I, I'd much rather see us go further in that competition. So I'm not too arsed, to be honest, because it is the Mickey Mouse Cup. And not many teams take it seriously. Yeah, I don't think many fans took it seriously either. It was a pretty, pretty pitiful attendance. I mean, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to say too much about that because, again, being a shit fan, I didn't go. I don't want to pay ten quid to watch us against Burton. Don't care who the manager is. Ten quid's ten quid. You telling um, me you couldn't get in on under eighteen ticket, Chris? Well, I, I could. I'd probably have to, uh, probably have to go in on my knees or something like that <laughs> if I wanted to try and sneak it in. I'm taking my little girl on Saturday to the match. I'm fully expecting to have to pay upwards of 10 or 20 quid for her to get in. And she's only four and she won't even be watching the match. It's a five quid you... game on Saturday. Forest, isn't it? Is yeah. it? Category D, isn't it? Five quid. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I forgot it was the uh, the, re- the redevelopment of the categories, of course. Yeah, because uh, there's a certain someone coming back to see us right. on on Saturday. So two people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what they say? There. Two cheeks of the same arse. Is that the stain, I think, is going to come in tail there. <laughs> uh, but we'll... We'll put Burton behind us and we'll move on to uh, to the, the latest stellar performance. Obviously, Lennon was pretty happy with the Burton performance, if not the result. Uh, but the opposite could be said about Saturday's, before, uh, Saturday's game away to Middlesbrough. Elliot, I'm going to come to you first on that one. Uh, w- what are your thoughts? I mean, did you expect anything else? Um, are we daft to expect anything else? And uh, and how was it? Yeah, well, travelling up, like speaking to fellow supporters, I don't think anyone was too optimistic for the game. However... Just the, the, the first half shown was dreadful. Lennon did come out and say that he got his formation wrong, and probably rightly so, with the um, oh no, Stuart Downing and um, I've forgotten his name, yeah, um, Adoma. Fabrini. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, you as well, like they just completely tore his ragged. And it wasn't necessarily like the, the first half performance was shocking, but it's just the manner in which the three goals were conceded. Like they came in like 10 minutes, quick concession, the defending was poor. Like, ben Amos didn't have a chance of any of them. And yeah, even though going in, I wasn't expecting a win, I hoped the Wonders would put up a fight, although we didn't have one shot on target. It was a pretty pathetic performance and just got to move on from that, really. Don't know what any of you else thought, if you saw the game on the highlights. Well, I watched it on the uh, on the Diabolical Channel 5 Football League show, but that's that's another matter altogether. Now, a lot of criticism came the way of uh, a fan of the site, Neil Dans, after the game, and I'm I'm not going to be the one to pick him out purely because I don't want to get the bloody nasty, snotty messages and so on over the internet. But he did took a bit of a pasting, to be honest, from the fans about his performance. Um, is that re- is that reasonable, Elliot, or do you think he's you know starting to yeah, become one of them yeah. famous scapegoats? Yeah, I, I, I could understand where people come from thinking he's a scapegoat, but just judging for his performance on Saturday, he, he was abysmal. Like, I, I did the ratings. Yeah, I gave him a one, and I did emphasise it slightly just to state how much of a bad game he had. But yeah. thinking back, I can't, I can't think of a positive thing that he did that helped with performance. Like he, he couldn't pick out a pass. He was like he wasn't. He didn't look like he was committed to the game. He wasn't tracking back, and just yeah, I, I don't. Wanting to become a scapegoat because obviously don't like seeing lots of players getting stick, but just from his Saturday showing, I, I don't think he's in any position to be sort of doing little indirect tweets to people who pay good money to watch him play when week in, week out, he just puts in performances like that. Like many, many fans were getting on his back, and I'd say rightly so from Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's not the first time, and I'm sure it won't be the last, not necessarily in his favour, but, but someone's got a bit of fall guy, and if you have a bad game, you have a bad game, and there should be no reason why you're, just because you're a professional footballer, you're protected from some criticism from supporters. But, well, I feel we've got every right to say what you feel like. Um, 
Dan, um, again, I, I know Elliot was our official attendee at the match, but from your own point of view, it really wasn't too much of a surprise, was it? I mean, although we started Paul and we were three down after, what, 35 minutes, we, yeah. we, we, we somehow managed to go through the rest of the game not conceding one. So is that, is that a minor positive to take from things? I think it's, well, it is, but I'm pretty sure it's more of Middlesbrough just taking the foot off the gas than anything mm. that we did. I think if they wanted to, they could have probably stuck 10 past us. But whilst... Whilst I didn't think we'd win the game in a million years, I was strange, like in my head, but in my like heart, I was like strangely optimistic after the Derby performance that we could maybe put a fight in if Spearing could do a job on, well, Dirk, well, Fabrini because he was in the middle, not down in, and just keep him quiet, which you know obviously didn't happen because he saw as a new one. But it's just, it's just this point. The first goal, even though it's a wonder strike from Fabrini, there's no <laughs> one near him for ten, whilst he strolls with it for ten yards. I think the second goal. No one's on. Was it Fabrini who set that one up, or was it Downing who set the second the second goal? I think up? it was Downing from yeah. memory, but I could be mistaken. Nobody was. I don't blame Prince. Prince should have been a little bit close to Kike, but I don't blame him entirely for that much. And the third one again, Fabrini's no one on Fabrini allowed to stroll with it, shoot from thirty yard, and then Moxie's just completely given up on it and not chase Kike. And after Amos has made a fucking spectacular save, like, it was a great save. It was great save. astounding how he managed to keep that out. And, you know, Moxie's given up on it. There was a very good piece I read somewhere from another yep. a rival Bolton site. So, so apologies for not being able to remember the other name. And they analysed it, how Moxie was running back when the shot was taken, but then gave up when he thought he was going in. And we need more than that, especially when, you know, Moxie's now first choice. But, again, more to those tears later. It's just, so yeah, 3-0. And the, the second half performance, once Clough came on, is a bit more encouraging. But, again... I think if Middlesbrough wanted to rip our throats out and piss on our corpses, they really could have done so. They were very, uh, very merciful in the end. I'd say. Mm, well, maybe you should be grateful for that. Like not like not conceding in the second half. He does, but just to completely agree with Dan, they just sat back, kept the ball, not sort of like tormented us, but you know they just dominated the performance and not saying we we gave up, but. It, the second half just fizzled out. They just ran the ball down. So if they wanted to, it could have been a humiliation. No, it seems like that's a, a pretty common thought. Um, Tom, on, on to you next. They're talking about Clough there. Were you surprised he didn't start the match? I know we had a, a little, in, little niggling injury, but obviously he made a hell of a difference when he came on. I should think he'd be starting on the, on, on Tuesday and Saturday, would you? I'd hope so, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking that... I'm, well, I'm hoping now that the reason why Medine and Clough didn't play is not or started on the bench isn't because they were injured but maybe because they just weren't 100% and, and he sees the next two games as, as more winnable games um, I think Lennon's come out there's no, there's Lennon, no doubt Lennon's come out and said just as much I think Tom yeah it's, well, I'm hoping that's the case that he's just just a precaution I think with Clough he's the only midfielder we've got that's got any sort of creativity about him so I, I, I need I need to see him starting tomorrow night if I'm going to go all the way to Milton Keynes I need to see him starting the game he needs to be, I think. I think we're all of the same opinion there, aren't we? He's the one that's got the spark. And, and as as grateful as we are for, for Heskey for his efforts, I mean, let, let's be realistic about it. We need Clough to be on there. Clough, Clough's the man. Mm. Uh, Clough can be the one to, 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 to post the bullets in the gun for Medine to fire, so to speak, you know? What formation would you go for then? I know we're probably going to talk about that again. So briefly, like on the formation he played against Millsbury, the three at the back, do you see that dying a death now or do you think it'll come back? I do. 
I do. I was talking to a lot of Bolton fan in work today about it, and they were saying the same thing. It's all well and good having a preferred formation, but you know, let's be honest about it. We we don't have the personnel to do it properly. I don't think we don't have the wing backs. We don't really necessarily have the ball playing centre halves, and we know more of that later on when Dan cries in the microphone for fifteen minutes. With Tim Ream retrospective, but we haven't. The simple fact is we haven't got the personnel to make that work in the way that Lennon wants it to do. So it's all well and good having these grand ideas about formation, but you've got to play to your players' strength, and I think that's that's doing things slightly differently. Would you say uh, I'm on the right track there, Dan? Yeah, but I think I think that's what Lennon's been working towards this summer. I think he's been bringing in players to play that formation. Derek is a ball-playing centre-half. Obviously, he's losing Ream, but he would have fit in, Ream fits in perfectly on the left side, left-hand side of that back three. I think Moxie can do probably better at left wing back at left back as he shows against Liverpool twice. Yeah. I think we'll move on to him no doubt soon, but if Francesco Pisano ever does sign, he sounds like the perfect right winger, right, right wing back, sorry, pacey, experienced, you know, he's played in Italy for going on a decade, so there's no, no doubt he's played that a few times before. And I think, we have the, I do think we have the midfielders for it as well, with Prattley and Vela, Clough, Davis, etc, etc. But, like I said, playing it against Middlesbrough, when we don't have the personnel for it, it's just not going to work, because Vela, Vela can't do right wing back, and you know, Prince doesn't look like the most uh, composed on the ball, shall we say. The v, you know, and you know, Paul Rob Holden, who made his debut against Burton, played quite well, looked assured, was, you know... I think, um, Elliot, where was... Holding in the back three, what side? Um, to the right. See, he's on the right. He's, I know he's more of a. He's, he is like a right back, come centre back. But to play in a formation, he's no doubt played. No, he's never probably never played before. Yeah, holding, holding struggled doing that. He was out of position many times and did feel quite sorry for him because he obviously had space he used to deal with. But I, I, I don't think he's ready right now to play that role. Mm. So I, I, do, I do like holding. He looked decent in the Coles game we played, and we mentioned it last week. And I do think he'll. No, I think he'll be a good member of the squad for backup, but he's yeah, can't yeah. Throw, he can't throw him into the deep end like that, and you know his first league start. But I do think we could see the three five two again. I do think if he gets the players in, I think it could work. But you know, I doubt I'll end up with Egan Mathis on that one. Well, we've seen managers this weekend make a point sometimes in the substitutions that they make in order to sort of force the chairman's hand. I mean, Mourinho taking Terry off and putting that Zuma on just as they're trying to find an extra few quid to buy that stone from Everton. I don't think that's a coincidence. And we even had, uh, I don't know if you remember, Johan Smith coming on against United. Or was it Danny Ward? I can't remember which one it was. In the last two minutes of a game when Bolton were trying to chase the game and had, uh, didn't have a striker on the pitch. And you know, a week later, we'd sign and think it was Smolarek. So there's, there's parallels there, I think, sometimes that managers do pick players to make a point at the same time. Because Lennon's not a daft guy, you know. If he felt that that was necessary to, to give Gartside's wallet a jingle, then, then I think it's probably worked because pushing Ream out, as, as disappointing as that is from my point of view and from a lot of fans' point of view, not all, but a lot, um, it, it does hint to me that he knows what he needs to do to improve. And, and I think you're right. I think that formation is obviously his preferred one and, and he's working towards that goal. Um, I'm just concerned that, that it's it's been one that hasn't been proven to work yet. So I'm, I'm going to... Keep an open mind. Um, I'm not sure whether it's the formation or it's the personnel at this minute in time that I'm uncomfortable with. It's probably a little bit of both. Uh, but I, just, I do hope the manager does get the, uh, the names in that he hopes. Um, Tom, what did you think about Lennon's post-match comments about getting it wrong? Um, you know, plainly admitting getting it wrong, which is fair enough. Um, but I'd rather he didn't make the mistake in the first place. I think we'd all agree on that. Yeah, well, he's right for a start. And he was big enough to come out and say it. Maybe he was watching Tony Pulis on Monday night. Yeah, I'm not blaming the physio at least, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, I don't think we've got any backroom staff to blame the the, the cuts mm-hmm. that we've had in the backroom. There's nobody to blame. Um, yeah, he was right to do so. 
um, because it, it was his fault. He did get it wrong, but he was big enough to admit it. My, my only issue is there's only so many times you can play that card um, and come out and say, yeah, yeah I got it wrong. Um, I mean, we know from listening to Dougie Friedman, if you hear the same thing every week, it soon you stop taking it in. You stop filtering it. I used to remember watching the Football League show. You'd just zone out when Dougie Friedman was talking because you knew exactly what he was going to say. But, you know, it was, it was refreshing to hear him say he got it wrong because he did. And he was big enough to, to say it. And let's hope he just puts it right tomorrow night. I think he will. Um, I've got a good feeling for tomorrow night. Again, they're working in Preston. I was speaking to a Preston fan again today. Uh, same conversation over a cup of tea and he was telling me that he went to, a, to Milton Keynes at weekend he said that they were pathetic they were awful I mean we know they finished the season strongly last year they've uh, they're strengthened in one or two positions but he, he was saying that Milton Keynes were, were really poor so I'm going to go into the game pretty confident to be honest with you hoping that one just can do the, do the job um, and if you're listening to this on the way down to Milton Keynes then uh, just tweet us your predictions we're going to be retweeting some of them tomorrow uh, and also keeping an eye on things on the live thread too as, as we're going to do each week now um, but Elliot you're, you're, you're going to come to you just the uh, the final point on the Borough game um, Lennon's comments we've had Tom's opinion on it and I'll have Dan's maybe just in a sec if I feel like it but Elliot you first um, were you happier to hear Lennon be that blunt and honest or do you think it was maybe a bit of a diversionary tactic from how Paul the team played you know put the attention back on himself rather than the players yeah well once I saw him say that, obviously, I obviously respected his opinion. And I, I was happy that he did come out and take the stick for it and not try and divert it onto anyone else. Obviously, it's a shame that he got it wrong and it would have saved me lots of hassle and would have made my day a lot happier if he got it right. Although, hopefully, you know, Lennon could learn from it, move on, just get, get out of the system. We weren't really expecting to win. So I just think we've just got to move on, really take it, take it as it is. I don't, yeah. want to, I don't want to dwell on it, to be honest. No, hashtag we go again. Just exactly. Back. Um, Dan, OK, I'm going to let you have a little chance there just because I can hear you chomping at the bit. Um, but, you know, have I, I, I hit on something there with Lennon diverting attention away from the poor performance of his players and, and making sure that the, the post-match headlines are all about a manager confessing that he's made a mistake? It could be. It's a lot, of, you know, it's a lot classier way to do it than a certain other manager's been doing it this week. So I'd never really thought of it like that because I, I see Lennon... As just a very honest man, he'll just say it as it is. So I never really, you know, considered it to be that. You know, him taking obviously taking the sick and he's being honest in the same breath, but using it for other means. But yeah, it is very. If he has done it in that way, it is very clever. But I just, it is like Tom said, it's just refreshing to see a man take, uh, manager taking the stick for it, and hopefully he can learn it. I don't, like I said though, I don't think it'll be the end of the free factor. And when he gets the personnel in and he puts against the right opposition, I think we will see it again. But. Um, Let's just hope he doesn't make a tactical error on Tuesday since I am trawling up to that shit all. It is not a very nice place. And if I was you, just get used to going on roundabouts as well because there's about 10,000 roundabouts in Milton Keynes. It's very, very Royston Vasey-esque, bizarre kind of place. Um, we're going to talk about the um, the Forest game as well later on, so I'm not going to bring that up right now. But uh, but yeah, MK Don, let's have a score prediction from you all, Tom. Uh, well, I'm going, so I'm... Backing us to win purely based on that. Um, 3 1. Excellent. Dan? See, I'd plan to do this later as the agenda dictates, and so you caught me off guard, Christopher. Shit, shit. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. Uh, we'll concentrate on Forest later, don't worry. We'll keep oh, it yeah. fluid. We'll concentrate no on Forest later. I'm, I'm invoking their editorial rights. Of course, we go for it. Uh, uh, fuck. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say we'll win because then we'll lose. So we're going to lose 2 now. Charming. Elliot? 3-1 um, defeat. 
Fucking hell, that's more depressing. I'm, I'm only saying that we'll lose because I want us to win. <laughs> at least, I'm gonna at go least Elliot's uh, got us scoring a goal. Yeah, <laughs> as have I. I'm going to go with two apiece, uh, two dodgy defences, two half-decent attacks and, and no rob all. So I'm going to go with two apiece. I think we'll uh, lose, but, I do think we'll good. Universal, uh, universal praise apart from negative Elliot as usual. Uh, but that's cool. Um, we'll, we'll just call that a, a brief moment because uh, I need to go to the loop. So stay where you are. We'll be back in a moment to talk about the 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 Tim Ream. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Love Pod. It's segment two, uh, where we're going to be discussing transfer talk. So, Dan, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Tim Ream signing for Fulham first thing in the morning. 1.75 million quid, rising to 2.3 with based on performance-related statistics. So a fee of 1.75 million for Tim Ream. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pass it on to you. Let you say what you want to say. Get it all out. This is a place for you to vent. It's a place for you to, uh, to to spew the bullshit from your brain. Let's just get it out of the way, mate. This is your counselling session, and we're not charging you for this. <laughs> oh, so this, uh, be, this could be fun. So, so off you go, mate. Try and keep it clean. I think I believe the thoughts like. The crushing feeling in my heart about Tim Ream leaving is well documented. I wrote a, quite a spirited plea for him to stay. At the end of which, I said, if he does leave, I'll write another poem about it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> here is said poem. He's not Ex- left yet. Exclusive first reading, because <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't sign today, so it's not been published yet. So you listeners get to hear it first. There is one part of it that I cannot say because it's too cringy, so I'll, I will be saying it for laughs. Are, are we all ready, gentlemen? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I don't think we've got a choice, have we? No. This is why I told you to come to me first, because, yeah, <laughs> you ready. <clears throat> listeners, listeners, before we go ahead with this, uh, the podcast will return to normal shortly. <laughs> it is a sad, sad day. What more can I say? I want to scream... <laughs> <laughs> okay, now absolutely keeps you spinning in his grave at this bloody hell. So, sorry, Dan, carry on. I want to scream because we like sold Tim Ream. Tim Ream. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Does it get better than this, or is this the peak? Oh, you don't know. You have to tell me. Yet more heart's sake, for fuck's sake, <laughs> as once more my favourite walks out the door. An Elka Kale, Ida Duke, all made me want to puke. <laughs> But... <laughs> I'm so grief. good but this one hurts most of all in white again I'll never see him kick a ball can I add I wrote this at half four in the morning while shitting myself about my uni results so it might be a bit messy and can I just you... say that you missed the trick there about uh, about well, not rhyming, rhyming ball with Hall you could have put something about Rob Hall there if you really wanted to I'm not to. tarnishing it with his shit and presence <laughs> a measly 1.75 million. It doesn't. It flows better with 1.4 million. I must say. So I'm. Well, change it to 1.4 if you want for artistic reasons. Measly 1.4 million. What a sickening joke. This is Bob line. Once again, our face is covered in, <laughs> covered in yolk. <laughs> that's good. This, this is my favourite bit. That's you good. have to explain the uh, explain the similes, mate. It's, that's it's... good money. You say mockingly. Well, no. All our hopes lie on Dean Moxie. Please don't make me laugh. You know Lennon will never see the cash. Down that black hole, it will disappear, just like everything else has year after year. Is this a nightmare? A really bad dream? Why have they taken him from our team? Fulham, of all the fucking places. I hope that they get relegated. 
I know at times this thing's not rhymed. It's a bit of a mess. Quite, oh, I thought the bad lines coming up. Quite like my head. To Tim, I say I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I will always. Come on, you, you know it. Bum, love you. <laughs> love you, Adam. Until you score at the Macron with another team's kit on. To Tim Ream, I say goodbye with a tear in my eye. And now I turn to you and say, we'll live on another day. Just remember, however hard life may seem, always <laughs> dare to ream. Okay, that's Dan's last act on the podcast for a six-week suspension. Uh, but Dan, thank you very much. That was actually quite enjoyable in a way. And uh, there might be a little bit of dust in this room. I'm not sure when I last cleaned it, but I may have a bit of a tear in my eye after that. It's beautiful stuff. Thank you. That's that was my plan. I think it's a real tearjerker. I think I think when I think it, it flows better when you're reading it, and I think I think they'll all love it. To be honest with you, I'm I'm very I'm very very. I, sad. I, I can I can already already smell the, the the positive responses to that from the <laughs> deeply deeply sensitive and artistic Bolton Wanderers internet fan base. So congratulations, yeah, Dan. Um, Dan, can you post the script up just to see if there's no spelling or grammatical errors as well? <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. That would really take away from the emotion if you put two with two O's in instead of one. No, Something like that would be would be a shambles. But no, right, right. Well, I mean, I, I'm not really sure how to follow that, so I'm just going to. I'm just going to. What more can I say? What more um, needs to be said, if anything? Yeah. Well, uh, I, hopefully there is no more to be said on that topic. But uh, congratulations, Dan. Another sterling effort there. Uh, right, Tom. Um, I don't know if you're still with us or if you if you've you know had to go in for counselling yourself after putting us through that <laughs> absolute. Uh, world-class world-class example of what Line of Vienna brings that no other website does uh, Tim Ream moving to Fulham go on what do you reckon it's better than QPR isn't it it's mm. that's, that's that's the only positive I can get from it I'm gutted not as gutted as Dan I haven't been uh, forced into poetry yeah I just I just think that we've, we've we've sold our best defender and I don't think we've got a good price for him either I think it's it's not unreasonable, but it's it's not a good it's not a good transfer fee. Certainly not enough to Im- improve the current team either. I don't think it's enough. Mm, interesting. I know quite a few people have been on saying about how they feel like it's a decent it's a decent move for sort of both player and team. I guess from a Bolton perspective, and I'm I, I am erring on the side of that because obviously I, I rate Ream and I think he's a good player. But at the same time, someone said to me last week in conversation, it's only a left back in the day. <laughs> You know, and as and as competent a left back he is, it's only a left back at the end of the day. Um, this money we can take, we can bring in two. We can bring in Francesco Pisano tomorrow, and allegedly this Wellington Silver gentleman from Arsenal on loan. So that will then cover two positions where we've been struggling, full back and up front. Um, and we sacrifice somebody who, whilst a good player, isn't an essential player. Not an Adam Bogdan or a, an Adam Lafondra. You know, in terms of his importance to us, it's nice to have a ball playing left back in the team. But to be honest with you, we probably would have lost 3-0 against Borough with Ream or without Ream. So I've got a bit of a foot in both camps, to be honest. I'm sad to see him go because he's, you know, he's been with us quite a long time. And I, I do agree with you, Tom, in terms of the fee. It does seem a bit low. Ultimately, if all these clauses are met, which we don't know what they are, um, but we must assume there's an appearance clause in there or uh, want something to do with, uh, with them getting promotion out of this division, we'll, we'll break even on him, which does seem a bit disappointing, doesn't it? But considering we've, we've let players go for... For paltry amounts in the last few months, um, you know, to to achieve serious cash money for someone, even even if we are slightly disappointed with the amount, is is an improvement, I think. Um, but Elliot, where do you stand on this? Yeah, I'm 
well, not to the same extent as Dan, but pretty good to see him go. Um, yeah, let myself get attached to Reem and yeah, definitely going to miss him. I just think it's sad just to see um, the old Premier League squad just one by one fizzle out. I think we're only left now is, if I'm right, Wheater and Mark Davis, Vela. the current squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill Vela. Just sad to see him go, but I'd agree with you there, Chris. He, he is replaceable. And if we can break even and bring in three or four new signings, it might be what we need this season just to bolster up in defence, get more numbers in case injuries. So I, I'm sort of, yeah, as sad as I am to see him go, I'm excited to see what this deal can bring in for the club. Me too. Um, me too. Sorry, Dan, Blom. So say, you might not have caught it in the, you know, because you were also riled up with emotion during that point. Oh, I was. I certainly you was. You might not have caught the actual point, but I did say I meant it when I said Lennon will see none of this cash. I really don't think we're not see with Silver and Pisano. I don't think we're seeing any of this transfer fee going on these two players. I think it's if anything, it's the tiniest bit. I think most of these two players are coming in on Reams' wages getting shifted. And I tell you, we're not seeing any of this transfer fee. And if we only get Pisano, who I am excited about, he does sound good. But and then a Lorne, if we only get a freebie and a Lorne kid for this this sale, I'll be. Fucking fuming! I'm not. I'm, I'm being serious now. That's the current amazed. state of affairs, though, Dan. I that, that's I don't the. Give a fuck. It's just. <laughs> it's just so depressing. I just. just... It, it is depressing. It, it is depressing, and you can you can get lost in that. But it, there's also you know a train of thought in that this is the way it is now. This is what we've got to be, and, and it's it's all well and good being romantic about excuse me about the way things should be, mm. but that's not the way things are, and. It's it's futile to to be that romantic nowadays. There's no point getting attached to players. There's no point getting sentimental about when they stay, when they go. That's why when we had the likes of Lafondra, you know, people losing the shit online about the fact that he's not signing for us. Well, if you give it a bit of rational, logical thought, for one thing, he doesn't fit in with the system that we're obviously going to play this season. For second thing, we couldn't afford him in a thousand Sundays. And so it's that sort of thing. I admire your, your loyalty, and I've felt the same in my younger days myself too. Um, but these days, Dan, it's a different world. It's a different game. Um, but Pisano, I'm excited too. Really yeah. excited too. Um, I think that's it's a good signing. Got a great pedigree, uh, and finally an expert in the right back position. Yeah. Because obviously we've got Laurie Wilson and Josh Vela, who both are competent. Neither of whom seem to be um, natural right backs. I know I've seen Wilson play right back and wing back as well along the way. So he's got a lot to offer as a squad player. But Pisano being first choice, I think that's a that's a good decision. Italians don't often make poor defenders, yeah. uh, and they can definitely improve us there. Absolutely, absolutely. He's had a good career at Cagliari throughout as well, spending the best part of 11, 12 years there. Mm. Um, but then in the, the secret line of Vienna Facebook headquarters earlier on today, we had a, a very exciting 45-minute diversion from my working day, uh, talking about this mystery winger trying to play a bit of a guessing game. They had the cryptic tweets from everyone's favourite pissed-up fat Scotsman about who it was going to be. Uh, we went from the name such as uh, Leicester City's Harry Panayatu. Pan- Panayatu. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Murphy from Norwich, who was my particular favourite. We had Marvin Emnes. And then eventually we, we sort of settled on Arsenal's Wellington Silver, um, being the second of the, of the two incomings based on, on the Tim Ream outgoing. Um, do you know anything about him, Dan? Come to you first on that one. Uh, and would you be happy for, if that's all we got from the Ream sale? I know you've said <laughs> no. But bearing in mind it will be an Italian international, experienced right back, and yeah. a very highly thought of Brazilian youngster who's played you know a couple of seasons in the, the Spanish top flight. I don't think that's too bad, do you? No, both signings do excite me. I think with Silva, he sounds pacey, he sounds skillful, can get a few assists, Chris. You know what I mean? He can set a few goals up. I know you like that mm-hmm. term. 
So I really rate him on the back of that. I really rate him on the back of his ability to set other people up to score goals. That's good. I wanted you to bite. God's sake. My opinion on it, on assists is well uh, well yeah, documented. The fact that it's an absolute bullshit statistic that means nothing. I'm half in agreement with you, but uh, you know he looks like he's a person who could create chances for us. We he does. Got real, he does. We haven't got real pace in the team, really, apart from Clough in bursts. So Silver, I think I'm excited by. I'm excited by. I'm excited. I'm really excited by Pisano as well. Like I said, experienced play the right wing back role to a T. If Lennon does do it, I think pace it. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited by both, but. For the for the money we're getting to Ream, at least I'd want at least one more player and a, a half decent striker. That's what I'd want from it, and then I'd be reasonably happy or content. I'll say because I'm never going to be happy about selling Ream. Elliot, Elliot, <laughs> no, no. neither should quickly? you be. Can I start quickly? Of course, of course. We never right. The last time I'll see Ream in a bonus shirt is that shit game against Birmingham. You understand how fucking depressing that is. Well, I tell you what will put you put you on the right track is if you can imagine Bolton against Fulham last minute it's nil nil, whip a lovely long cross into the back post Gary Medine against Tim Ream for a header. I know Emmanuel's <laughs> on in that situation. Yes, the, the cross the crossbar's going to win. That's what's going to happen. The crossbar's going to take a pound in that day. Uh, but Elliot, um, I, I'm just going to come to you on the Pisano and, and Wellington Silver deals. Feel free to uh, to go into as much detail as you like on the two. Make the floor is yours. I'd love to go into loads of detail, although I don't know much about them. I'm not. Neither do we, but we still manage it. Neither do we. Never, never seen them play, so I'm just going to wait until the season to make a judgment. Although, just reading up from Pizarro, it does look like it could be a decent piece of business financially speaking. It's pretty sensible what we're doing. But yeah, with this Wellington Silver, like, are, are we are we sure this is the guy? Nope. Like what what clue, what clues have we had the clues to come were, to it? Twenty year old scored once yeah. for his club. Well, actually, no, I don't think this is the same guy. I think the guy Nixon was cryptically speaking about originally was Josh Murphy because he fit every box to a T. I think Silver that's came right. in from the blue and he didn't expect it, and that's why he tweeted his name about. Because I don't think it, I imagine it wasn't his scoop or something, and so that came out of nowhere. I think I genuinely think the original player was that Josh Murphy. Yeah. He, He's, played, he's scored for Norwich, he's 20, and spent a few uh, months at Lone and Wigan last season. You know, so yeah, he, he played half a dozen games and he without troubling yeah. the scorers for Wigan, but I know he's, uh, he's, I'm sure he's played for England on the 21s yeah, along with is, his yeah. twin uh, as well, so that that's an exciting one. But sorry, Elliot, back to you. Um, please tack on the Silver Murphy and Pisano if it, if it suits. I've not a clue what to say. He's cats Brazil under 21, so that's pretty impressive and... Well, we just we just need as, as many bodies as we can, so just bring in as many on loan, definitely agree. Bring in the silver, just on his Wikipedia here. I'm pretty sure someone's changed the boy. It says place of birth and break, mate, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, that, that's uh, that's something that we're being pipped to the post by them. It makes a change. Um, yeah, he's, look, interesting. He's, he's one of our own, Wellington Silver. That's right. Yeah, born in born in Halliwell, I believe. Um, exactly. Another one that's been another one that's been linked to the club today uh, by the club themselves. Actually, who's coming on trial is the uh, the former Manchester City and former HMRC, HM Prison Service Courtney Meppen Walter. I nearly gave him the the, the respect for working for the tax office then, but I don't think he has done that, has he? <laughs> Someone made a really good tweet before. I'm not sure it was that we're only Ched Evans away from having our own little mean machine five aside team as well, which I thought was quite funny. Um, <laughs> But Tom, I'm, I'm presuming that you're as in the dark about this Mep and Walter chap as I am. So let's talk about his time in prison, shall we? Um, <laughs> Good what piece do you think? about that going up tomorrow, by the way. There is an excellent piece to preempt Alistair's writing about uh, about that sort of moral quandary. Um, 
I'm not 100% sure as Zemetin's crimes, but I know he did. Did he not knock somebody over in central Manchester Guilty, driving one yeah. night or something? Yeah, and, and they both died. We've seen that before with players like um, Lee Hughes, uh, who, who played for West Brom and Coventry, who did the same sort of thing. And Patrick Cliver as well, you know, famous Back examples. In, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. Matthew Broderick, the star of the Inspector Gadget films, who killed two people and, and got away with it because he's famous as well. So do, does it bother you that he's got a past? Or do you just, can you just have a look at what, he what he's done on the pitch and take it from there? Well, we've got, Gary, we've, got, we've got Gary Medine starting up front, who's done time. And we had Marcus Alonso playing left-back through the, the case for, for death by dangerous driving. So, to be honest, I mean, it'd be very hypocritical if we were to turn around now and say, no thanks, we don't want you because of, because of what's gone on. Because we've, we've had Alonso in the past and we've got Medine up front, both of which have experienced similar situations. Uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think if you look at Lee Hughes, he went to the cleaners. I mean, his career was almost over, wasn't it? I mean, he came out of prison and he, I think he went to Notts County um, and, and, and had a bit of a spell there. But I don't, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a difficult one. Um, I mean, you look around the stand and you see the five, six, seven-year-old boys and girls going watching watching the team and I don't know. It's a difficult one. I don't really want to pass judgment on it, but we've we've set a precedent for uh, for not letting it get in the way. So I don't see why why it'd change. To be honest, no. And I mean, some of the Liam Finney's performances lately have been nothing short of criminal either. But that's not the matter altogether. Dan, Dan, I suggest you might have slightly different, slightly stronger uh, views on the topic. Um, I um, I agree fully with uh, you know Alice's piece. Really, I think he's done it. I don't. I'm, I'm not like. He read that because he could put it. He put it far more eloquently than I will know. But he did his time. Whether or not that was the correct amount of time, that's not for me to judge. But he did it. He's a footballer. He can't. You know, he can't force him to stop doing his trade after he's served his. You know, after he's done his punishment. Uh, if we sign him, we'll see how he does on pitch. I am more concerned that he's not very good, to be honest with you. Because I was speaking to Carlisle fans. Um, a couple of them got in touch with me after I asked about him, and they were saying. Oh, I should have got it up preemptively. That was bad planning on my part. But I think positives were good in the air, good touch, you know, could spread a pass <laughs> unnervingly like someone else. If we sign him and he takes Reem's number, I'm jumping off a building. <laughs> but then negatives were he's bad positionally, he's can wander, he's not good concentration, slow, so you know he'd fit right in, and then. Uh, the the feeling I got from Carlisle fans was that he was impressive in his debut, which was like December two thousand and thirteen. Looked really good, looked like he could go on to you know go, go on to get his career back on track because he's still only twenty one, but um he's just gone completely off the boil, not started, not even been in the squad for Carlisle's first three games of the season. So I, I if we do, so, I don't know why he's in to be honest with you because he doesn't sound very good at all, and you can't get into one of the worst defenses in the country. I think it's more to do with the uh, the recent policy the club have had about trying to, to import youth, youth team graduates like uh, Campbell Young and Ivan Wassey and people yeah. like that. So I guess it's a, it's a free transfer. It's not really going to be a gamble. Uh, and if it comes off, it comes off because I know he was very highly thought of at City yeah. before he had all his, uh, all his bother with the coppers. Um, but that's an interesting one. We're not sure where that'll end up, but I think he'll probably be making an appearance for the under-21. So maybe we'll, like, we'll speak to Tom next week about that one. Um, I think that's pretty much it for sales, to be honest, isn't it? I think we're expecting now with the transfer window to be shut in a fortnight's time that we'll be looking at incomings rather than outgoings. But one player that I wanted to talk about, it's not strictly to do with transfers, but it's uh, its young Jamie Thomas. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll probably have more on this next week when we get Tom Malloy on the, on, on the pod. 
but he scored another couple of goals today, fellas. And I know there was a lot of controversy about him not being offered pro terms by Wanderers, but he keeps scoring, doesn't he? Um, Elliot, do you want to have a, a chime in on that one first? Yeah, well, just like seeing his goals today, well, just to start in that game, was that three penalties we gave away? Yeah, that's right. It sounded what, fantastic. What has gone on there? Yeah, um, not not sure why he wasn't given pro terms. We all saw him so, sort of have a little tantrum on Twitter, which he could be rightly or rightly not so to do. But yeah, he just seems like a little poacher. Whenever I see him on YouTube, he's, he's always tapping him in here and there. I think against Southampton, he scored a hat-trick, if I'm mistaken. And I was surprised that he wasn't featured for the Burton game. I thought that could have been his chance to make his debut although I think in the coming years I don't think years, they're able to yeah I don't they're think not? they're able to because of the uh, the fact he's not got pro terms I'm, I'm, I'm sure I read somewhere once that he's oh. not allowed to be uh, yeah. he's not allowed to be involved in the first team until he's a pro I mean I could be wrong but I'm sure I read that no, somewhere once but I would never we've not had somebody as prolific as that yeah we've not had somebody as prolific as that in the uh, in the academy ranks for quite a long time just, I just think make sure that he signs pro keep him happy this year as, 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 as long as he's playing regularly for the under 21s and scoring I don't think there's a problem but very exciting to see his progress I'm happy we've got him definitely Dan what, what are your thoughts Dan he's still 18 I remember we discussed him when he uh, had the you know the little spat on Twitter which you know he's, he's only he's only same age as fucking me so like, I, I know I've had enough spats on Twitter so I'm not going to call <laughs> someone else for doing it but you know he's he is only 18 17-18 that certain age so there's no point throwing him into the team just now there's Clough above him obviously there's Kane Woolery above him in the pecking order, which, you know, even if Thomas was on pro terms, I don't think he'd be on the bench because, you know, Lennon obviously waits, yeah, Lennon obviously rates Woolery and he's above him in the pecking order for now. But, you know, he's 18 and playing in the under-21s after making the jump up next season, scoring lots of goals. If he keeps it going, there's no doubt he'll get pro terms probably by end of year if Lennon, you know, if Lennon does rate him wants to see him more. So, yeah, I'm... I'm happy with his progress. I hope he keeps going. But yeah, that game today sounds pretty mental. I can't wait to see highlights. Jamie Thomas just needs to just just needs to be patient, doesn't he? He just needs to have a season in the development squad, get twenty goals under his belt, and then get his pro contract. There is no need to, to rush him through into the first team when he's got a full career ahead of him. I mean, we need to think about the player rather than our short term fix. I'd sooner us get a more experienced player in on loan. And let him have a full season in the development squad and get some goals under his belt. Mm. Yeah, because well, you know if he goes to the first team think... and does, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't exactly re up the <laughs> expectations. It's only going to do his confidence bad. You know, knock it down. Absolutely, so let absolutely. Him, you know, let him keep building his confidence. Go, you know, gain experience under his belt early on twenty ones, or even if we do sign pro out on loan somewhere, and then get him in next summer. I'd say, but I'd, I'd be surprised if we we saw him before then. To be honest with you. I think no, him, it's all I think very relevant. It's all very number was telling as well. When you know the likes of yeah, well, he's, he he made he made his point, didn't he, on the, by by making that that post on social media, which I think he's learned from since. I mean, he's not shy of uh, of a bit of self publication. So I do I do like his his self belief most definitely. He's, he's quite pro- happy with his self promotion. Do I fancy him? I think he's got a good uh, good potential, and, and God knows we need goal scorers. I'm not sure what type of striker he is. I can't admit to have seen him play, um, but he, he appears to score all kinds of different goals: set pieces, left foot, right foot, header. The, the future's bright for the lad, and, and let's hope he, turn, he turns pro soon and we can get him in the team. Um, but we'll just leave that one there, gents. Um, we'll come back in a minute or two to talk about. Well, we have spoke about the MK Dons game already, so we'll uh, we'll use his chance to talk about Forrest and their and their manager. So stay where you are. We'll be back in just a tick. 
right, welcome back to the Unleashed version of the Line of Vienna podcast. Uh, Chris still joined by Dan, Tom and Elliot. Uh, this next segment, initially it was going to be called Nottingham Forest Preview, but we decided to rename it in a, a last-minute blitz of creativity into uh, how much of shit we're going to give Dougie Freeman on Saturday. So, first of all, Forest not convinced by their manager, doesn't seem. Um, a few mumblings online about... Uh, poor performances and Dougie Freemanisms and I was surprised to see that the man who doesn't like to shop at the same place twice <laughs> being linked with Lukas Jukovic uh, this, this past week um, which just goes to show what a slimy two-faced greasy bellend we're dealing with here now <laughs> Forrest came back Forrest came back from 1-0 down at the weekend with uh, a certain Matthew Claude Mills um, owner of the world's most cringeworthy Instagram account scoring on his uh, on his home debut for Forrest but there were still mumblings and rumblings there from the Forest fans that I follow on Twitter about how uh, Dougie is not the man for them. Um, Dan, Dougie's coming back, Mills is coming back, um, Bolton have got to win this, haven't they? We're never going to be able to show our faces in the world ever again. Yeah, after the kind of stick we started to give last year and then just getting absolutely twatted, <laughs> like, <just> swept <laughs> aside, we need we need a big performance, I think. Hopefully Pisano will be in by then, because God knows we'll need someone fast against Antonio. Come can we just can we just stop a minute? As the as the founder of the Laurie Wilson fan club, <laughs> this this Pisano talk is really getting up my arse, right? Yeah. Laurie Wilson <laughs> is the best right back this division's got. Uh, sublime sublime hair as well. He looks like Steve from a distance. He does. He, he looks, looks like, like he looks like any number of the students that I see in Preston City Centre on a Saturday night. Oh god! Stupid little top knot haircut, daft little tattoo, yeah. and. Uh, and uh, and a daft forename and all, but that's not his fault, I don't suppose. Yeah. Whilst whilst, uh, uh, I whilst I'm not completely against old Laurie in the right back position, I think I'd rather have someone with a bit of pace against Mikel Antonio, the guy who comes. If Antonio's still going to be there, though, yeah, I mean the the that. word the word this week was that he was uh, he was linked with not uh, not Nottingham no, Forest with West West Brom and Middlesbrough, I think it was. Yeah. If, they, if Middlesbrough signed him, fuck that. I'm glad we've played him now because Jesus Christ. Mm. Well, one good thing that one good thing about Forest this season, obviously we're playing them at weekend, is uh, is the unlikely unlikely nature of the fact that uh, Twardzik will be involved, which obviously stands us in much better stead than last time. But sorry, Dan, I interrupted you there. Yeah, I can't remember what the question was. What was it? It was just basically talk about how much you don't like Friedman, oh, mate. Right, that's, that's all. That, that's all it's going to be this segment because he's a dick. Fucking sweaty bar company, just. I hope. It's, oh, it's going to be funny because it's going to be. Sm- we can't lose. We can't lose because it's going to be such a smug bell end. He's going to say, "Oh, we can't," and we can't let Mill score either because he will celebrate. We go, "Oh, are you proper not?" He'd even celebrate. Oh, he'd proper not celebrate and make a big point of it and make guilt trip us into liking him. I'll guilt trip some people into liking him, so and both will annoy me in equal measure. So we just need to win and. With the way, you know, Forrest, who did they play at first day of the season? Only lost. Was it Brighton on the first first day? Brighton. They did. Brighton it was the, the first Friday night yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Was it Rotherham they beat on the weekend from, from behind? They did 2-1. Yeah, I, I predicted Rotherham to stay up initially, but I think probably not now because they're looking quite shit. So that means nothing really beating Rotherham. I think if we get at them, just make sure Antonio doesn't do anything, you know, easier said than done, but then we can beat them. We can fucking smash them. It's a Friedman team. They're atrocious. We'll fucking batter them. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And the club making it a Category D game, so it should be a packed house. And as we know we've got like a singing section going on in the North Lower, which did a great job against Derby. It should be a brilliant atmosphere, and I think I think we'll be right up for it. And if we get a bit of a confidence booster from NK Dons, I think we'll really go in and 
smash them. I'm hoping for a quick start game, like when we played Hull a couple of seasons ago, yeah. we were three up after 20 odd minutes. I mean, it set the tone then for for a superb performance. I can't remember who was manager at that time, but it, uh, <laughs> it's probably probably irrelevant. I'm hoping that I'm going to keep my gob shut on Saturday until we're uh, we're at least four or five goals up, and then I might start growing because. Too often in the past, that sort of thing's come back to bite us in the arse. But Elliot, um, Forrest at home, what do you reckon? Yeah, can't wait for it. Hopefully, game or decent atmosphere. Like, oh, what a nice feist atmosphere. Just really relishing the prospect of seeing Freeman the Fool back at the Macron Stadium and hopefully, mm-hmm. obviously, get revenge for many, many dreadful afternoons spent watching his teams cock up. I, th- I think it's quite interesting to see. Like obviously, when you get the former manager coming back to the ground, like Jekin Freeman will clap, or he's just going to keep his head down. Like <laughs> he will have nothing to clap. No, he'll but, come but, out of the he'll come out of the tunnel five minutes after kickoff. Oh, when it, when he when he when he went back to Palace, he came and he started like trying to clap the fans when he got off the bus, and he just got loads and loads of shit. So hopefully on Saturday we can see a repeat of that. And I'm expecting win. so. It's going to be good. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's the that's the dream scenario, isn't it? That he, he all the classic Freeman mistakes come out, the classic excuses after the game, Dougie and we just bingo. Uh, yeah. Dougie Bingo. I think I think we might have to bring Dougie Bingo back for uh, for one special repeat performance. Uh, everything is dependent on us winning. If we don't, we're going to shut the website. We're not going to do anything else because there's there's just no point going on. But over to you, Tom, to uh, to finish this ever so short preview segment. But what sort of team would you play against them? Would you go on the front foot? Um, bearing in mind, we know that his teams are never particularly great from an attack, a defensive perspective. Yeah, we just go at them. Go at them in the first 15, 20 minutes, get a goal. I mean, that performance on that the, the Friday night against Brighton, they it was such a Dougie Freeman performance. It, they went 1-0 down. They had Antonio, who was the only player creating anything. Second half, 1-0 down. Uh, it was just Matt Mills playing playing long balls up to you know that man-mounting Dexter Blackstock. So we just need to get an early goal um, and get in the ascendancy. And I genuinely think um, after a win in midweek, I, I, I just think they're going to get a thumping. I think it's going to be four or five. Oh, we're going to say like such idiots. Oh, it's going to say... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... And you, you, know, you know there are going to be some really sad Forest fans listening to this. And uh, just, just, they've just got the tweets saved into the draft. Waiting. <laughs> you just know they're going to shit out some 1-0 win. Well, Mills I'll tell you what, minute, you, you you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I'm quite happy to put my neck on the line and, uh, and look forward to an absolutely thumping Wanderers win with Dougie going back with his tail between his legs all the way back to Nottingham. Five where on the, on, exactly. Vela, let's think, every single player that he pissed off, <laughs> Clough, <laughs> Clough and Vela, can you imagine, can you imagine if it was one all last minute and Vela scores oh, a goal off his arse? Who just... Who do you think he's going to run to first? It's certainly not going to be Neil Lennon, is it? He's going to do the massive Paolo Di Canio slide right in front of Dougie Freeman. And I think that would be that would be poetic. That would be better than any poem you could write about Tim Ream. It would. It would. That would be truly, truly sexual. I can't wait for it. I'm going to predict uh, a 2-0 Bolton win. I'm not going to say we're going to thrash him, but it's going to be very, very comfortable because we're clearly a better team with a better manager. Tom, Tom, what's your score prediction? I'm going to go 5-0. And I mean it. Excellent. Excellent. Dan? Five nil, no. Clough Hattrick. Elliot, any any advances on two lots of five? Um, I'm going to go four one because I can't. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way. 
there's no way we're not going to concede a goal. But that's dead interesting, lads. And I'm really looking forward to it in the way that I look forward to, to games against Wigan and Blackburn. Well, I'll enjoy them a lot better when they've actually finished and we've won. Um, in the meantime, though, we'll, we'll leave that there for a minute. I know it's only been a short segment, uh, but we've already scammed things by talking about MK Dons a long time ago. So just to reiterate, Dougie, nobody likes you. I'm going to tell you to get off my pitch. If you stand up, I'm going to tell you to get out of my technical area because I've paid for that with 10, 12 years of season ticket money. You dick. So pay attention. Leave your tail between your legs. Give us a clap if you want. I'm going to put my middle finger up at you twice. Let's just leave it at that. So stay where you are, listeners. We're going to be back in a minute or two. I'm going to calm down and we're going to play Guess Who. So stay where you are, Dougie. Dickhead. We'll be back. Right, straight back again with the ill behaviour. We're playing Guess Who. That means we're passing it over to one Daniel Murphy, proud owner of a very decent set of A-levels this week. Congratulations, Dan. I won't tell you what I got in mine, and I'll advise you to uh, to enjoy the next 12 months because it's only going to be downhill after that when you start paying your income tax and your student loans and so on again, my friend. TV licences, bills, loan repayments, debts... Yeah. You start doing work that you never thought you'd do to pay that money off. You start doing things that you never thought you'd do to another human being to pay those debts. But that's student life, my friend. That's student life. <laughs> I put a fucking deposit down on a house to live in on my own this week, and that is fucking weird. Fucking well, weird. you won't be saying that when you, you can stay up all night looking at dirty pictures and you don't have to turn the internet off at 6 o'clock when your mum comes home from work. So don't you worry about that. Every cloud has a silver lining. But we digress onto something of a bit of a tangent there. Yeah, um, digressing. Yeah, digress indeed. We'll talk about students uh, messing about with themselves in the dark. Um, Dan, we're going to play Guess Who. So why don't you tell the lovely listeners yeah. and the not-so-lovely ones what it involves. Yeah, it's a bit of a tranquil, bit of a tranquil... Uh... Uh, peaceful segment after the last two hectic and emotional ones. Very, very angry and sweary and tearful. But best Chris, is... Tim Ream. Oh, that'd have been good, wouldn't it? That would have been good. Uh, but no, that counts as one of your guesses. <laughs> right, basically, guess who? I've got some clues for them. They've got to say the name like he did and guess that in mind. If you had imagined if it was Tim Ream and you got it before the game and before the rules had even been read out. That'd have been, well, I know I'm would, good, but I don't, I'm not sure I'm that good. That literally would not have been able to beat him. And then, yeah, they've got three guesses to get to try and find out who the player is and to the victor goes to spoils. I think, we, I think we're all familiar with the rules by now. So I think we shall begin. Gentlemen, are you ready? Ready. Yep, yep. Good. <clears throat> I was born... <laughs> let's hope I get one of you bifties, because that was funny last week. I was born yeah. January 22nd, 1977. Okay, quick bit of maths. Okay, carry on. I was named in Pele's list of top 100 players. Chris. Go on. Elad's Juve. Incorrect. Shit. Tom. Go on. Yuri Jokaev. Incorrect. Chris, you've got one guess left, by the way. That's fine. I know exactly what I'm going to guess. I'll wait till the next clue, though, before I do it. Bolton were the last club of my career. Oh, shit. Chris. Go on. Fernando Hierro. Incorrect. You are out of the first time anyone's been out of the game. Oh, this is oh, I demand I demand a recount. Mm, up. <laughs> this like is Florida, like the, the Florida elections all over this again. This is unprecedented. I scored yeah. one goal for the Whites. <sighs> I played in three World Cups and the Olympics twice. Oh, Nakata. Elliot. Correct. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, you slightly you... subverted the, uh, the rules there with your name conventions, but I think we'll let you off. Yeah, correct. Well done. Sorry, guys. You're new be... to the game. I think you've become the youngest winner of Guess Who? Because I don't think I won it. Because, well, I did win it technically, but Chris gave it to Liam, even though Liam didn't follow the rules like you did there. But since, <laughs> since Tom didn't latch onto it like a leopard, I can't can't fault you there. Yeah, correct. I am Hidotashi Nakata. Yeah, and the rest of my clues. Why don't, why don't why don't you? Yeah, I was going to say why don't you give us the rest of your clues? They're quite interesting. <clears throat> Even though I've put one in twice, which would have been quite nice. In two thousand and five, I was made the Knight of the Order of the Star of Italian Solidarity, one of Italy's <laughs> highest highest honors for improving the country's image overseas. I retired from football quite early, the age of twenty nine. I'm renowned for my obsession with fashion. I won the Serie A title, and I am Japanese. And I know, I think that was, <laughs> that, that, was case, that was in case you hadn't got it. Do you right. know what? Go on. I'd have still guessed Akinori Nishizawa. Yeah. I'd have never got My that. name rhymes with Hidetoshi Wakata. Is that your 36 one, your bonus cue? <laughs> never, you know, I was, I was looking for the clues. I was going for his wiki, as you do. And I saw that he, when he played for Roma, I thought he was there for long. It's mantle he, he, he retired at 29. But then um, mm-hmm. he only had one season at Rome, and I thought it was there longer, but he scored that goal against Juventus, didn't he? And I went and looked it up, and Jesus Christ, quite a goal. Have you seen it? Have you ever seen it? I'm pretty sure I know the one you're talking about. Is it where he dribbled past about 10 people? No, no, he was... It was against Juventus, and it was like the, towards the end of the season, and to maintain like a five-point gap, Roma needed to win, or at least draw. And Juventus were 2-0 up, and Nakata came on for Totti, which you know never goes down well, and he got the ball from thirty yards and just twatted it in, and then in the in the ninetieth minute he did it again, but Van der Sar saved it and then Montoya just stuck the ball in, and then they kept a five point gap and then went on to win it, which was you know I thought it was crazy. What year did it? What year did he leave Roma? The year they won, so two thousand and three, I think, something like that. Because then he went to ah, okay. Parma. Oh. No, he signed. He signed. He signed for Roma from Parma because I remember because That's I was it. mad into my. Uh, Mad into my Italian football. And for my 18th, I went to watch Roma v Lazio in yeah. the Olimpico. And I was just trying to... I couldn't remember whether he played or not in that team because I know they had the likes of uh, Veron and Poborski and Nedved and Totti and Batistuta, yeah. Del Vecchio, people like that. Yeah. I just couldn't remember whether uh, whether Nakata would play. But I remember him playing for Wanderers as a really, really tidy little midfielder. Yeah. No frill, no frills. He wasn't particularly, uh, you know, he wasn't doing any sort of trick. Like that, but he, he rarely, rarely misplaced a pass, and he could put his foot in quite well as well for a for a little fella. I, I, I thought he was a good signing, but obviously a year at Bolton and the big Sam, there was no uh, there was no going back to that. That's why he knocked it on the head, eh? Yeah, no doubt. I think what his one goal was against West Brom. Did any of you remember that at all? It was a yeah free kick right in against uh, towards the north stand. Um, I think it might have been I'm... in the D. Oh yeah. I've got a memory of him scoring against Charlton as well. Am I? Am I wrong there? Yeah, it's just he it said one goal against West Brom. So oh, I must be getting it mixed up. Must be getting it mixed up with someone else. It's a, a a thing that happens with age. But brilliant, no, excellent game there. And uh, well you'll be pleased to know that I'll, you'll be pleased to know that I lost on purpose to give Elliot a chance there to make him feel better. Go, Cheers, go. guys. Well, brilliant. We're going to dive straight into the uh, the Twitter question of the week. I'm going to come to you three at the end uh, to get your opinion. Uh, it's caused a bit of a consternation online, uh, but that's what we're here for. If nothing else. Um, just wait till Dan's poem gets out there. But we are, we asked our our lovely listeners, readers, followers, and fans and dearest enemies 
whether you still have 100% faith in Neil Lennon. There's been a few people grumbling lately about the, the lack of goals, the, the, the away tactics, which always propose a bit of post-questions, and the general sort of malaise at Bolton, the, the, the sort of boring feeling going around there, the fact we're not making particularly exciting signings and we're struggling for points at the moment. I know we're only two games in, uh, but going back to the back end of last season, there was a bit of a bit of a backlash starting to form. We're not the most patient lot, are we? Um, but let's go into the responses. We had a couple on Facebook. I'll be honest, I only put this on Facebook an hour ago, so it's my own fault. Um, Thomas Hill posted that genuinely it wouldn't matter who's in charge. We're struggling to bring players in. Absolutely. Uh, and Matt Shaw with the simple but effective, yes, we should be grateful that we have him as manager. So Facebook, I apologise for uh, for not giving you so much attention, but Line of Vienna Suite on Facebook is there. Give us a like. Give us a follow, etc. whatever the word is on Facebook. We need to bump the numbers up on there because I keep getting told off from the bosses in America. Uh, right, Twitter responses. Marcus Myrie, hopefully he'll learn from today, um, today being whenever it was, Saturday. But if you look at his resources, hard to get it right. Uh, BDFC Peters, everyone is human. Mistakes will be made. He made a big one today and it cost us dearly. Just needs to rethink and go again. Hashtag go again. Mr. JP Manahan. Yes, can't be dissuaded by a loss on the road. We have to work with the limitations given to us. Matty Rowland, uh, going to be pedantic. Is it ever possible to have 100% in any manager in football? I replied to that with a picture of Big Sam, which I think Matthew then uh, accepted defeat like a man. Back the hell off. Uh, Danny West, <laughs> if one day we're able to take the financial shackles off, he'll be every bit the perfect man for the job. So yes, he's the man we need. He's set up wrong today and he knows it. Well, we know that because he admitted it, so fair enough. Uh, Pete O'Neill, yes, he's still pissing around with other people's shite. The board needs to step up. I think they're trying their best, uh, Pete. I think they're trying their best, mate. Uh, John Paul's been back again. Oh, no, hang on. That's the same one twice. Who copied and pasted these? <clears throat> Dan. Sean, panic prone. Yes, looking at his signings and the youngsters, how can you not? The late goal thing last season was not his fault. Give him this season. I'll give him a lot longer than that. Uh, Jack Stewart, yes, a lot of teams will lose to Borough. I think he's doing as good as he can with the available resources. So echoing my own opinion. Uh, Glenn Ashworth, yes, he's doing his best, but he has a lot of players he can't get rid of and that he has to play due to a small squad. Dan's is a prime example. Should never be anywhere near the first team. There are others too. He knows it, but he's limited in what he can do. Neil, if you're listening, uh, that's Glenn underscore Ashworth. Go and get him. Uh, Andy Parker, no, tactically naive and stubborn, still to prove himself in this division. 100% supportive, though, and I do like the guy. Niall Burke, 26, needs to stop praising opposition before away as we sound beaten before we set off. And today's team was baffling. Now, that was a that was a criticism often thrown at Owen Coyle. I don't know if you remember that he would be a bit too effusive in his praise of other, team, other managers beforehand. Some people thought that did make a difference. Uh, James Twedell, uh, James BWFC 22, yes and no. He talks well and seems to know what he's doing, but the results haven't been good enough. Could be a lack of funds. Well, does the Pope shit in the woods, James? I think we know exactly it is a lack of funds. Uh, Joe Kennard, uh, in a word, yes. Uh, I don't know how many zeros that is, but it's a lot, and it's actually impossible to have more than 100%, Joe, uh, but I do appreciate the sentiment. Uh, Joe Conway, again with something that I was going to point out. At the end of the day, could you name a manager who could do any better? He has to experiment with his lineups due to a lack of money. Yeah, I think you're completely right there, Joe. Uh, Daryl Cahan, yes, it's a, me, it's a yes from me. I have more faith in the man who admits his mistakes than the man who blames everything but himself. Hashtag Doug. Mm, nice. Yeah, Gaz Heaton, I don't think it's faith in Lennon that's the problem. I just think that we're underfunded and we will go down. Wow. 
Uh, Connor S. Not sure what the S stands for. Super Connor. Yes, what's the other option? Sack him and replace with someone who can't beat Barcelona with a team of under 21s? Good point. Uh, oh, Michael Howard. Over it. <laughs> Michael Howard. No, not saying I want him out. I'm just not 100% convinced. Money or not, his tactics are questionable. Uh, very true. Uh, Mark R84. I've taken to the bloke, but worried about his insistence on 352 and his failure to deal with the ongoing, ongoing injury situation. Not sure how much responsibility you can you can put on the manager for the injuries personally, um, but I accept where you're coming from there, Mark. Totally, Gareth Hume. Yes, I have a hundred percent faith that Lennon will get it right. He desperately needs our best players to be fit and available. Injuries are not good. Neil Turner, eighty-three. Depends what realistically we can ex- we expect from him and the team. Mid-table safety, hundred percent. Yes, playoffs. Not convinced. Well, I'd certainly take mid-table safety at this minute in time. So that brings to an end the, uh, the, the Twitter responses. Thank you, everyone, for, for getting in touch. We do appreciate your, your contribution. I'm going to come to you all in turn now, you, uh, you horrible three in the studio here. It's high-tech studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. What do you think about Neil Lennon? Um, Tom, I'm going to leave you to last because you've written an excellent piece on the topic in the last 24 hours that I'm sure everyone's read and they really need to if you haven't done. Um, Elliot, first of all, Lennon, uh, obviously he's a good manager. We, we're pretty confident about that. Is he as good as we think he is? And, and do you think he can be a success at Bolton? Yeah, I do think he is as good as we think he is. We're still early days-ish. And obviously said in the Twitter feedback that he, his job has been made harder, the lack of funds, the injuries and so on and so forth. But I I just I have so much respect for him, just the way he comes out. He's, he's, he's blunt and I like his honesty and I admire his sort of ethos of how he likes his, like, Johnny came in and banned all the, the beanie hats. I just think he's a nice, no-nonsense manager. And if I'm being honest, I think he's a bit too good for the club in the first place. And we were very lucky to sign him. So we couldn't get anyone better in. So I'm just going to... I'm happy until we're sort of in the bottom three in September. Although, I'm not sure who said it, but it's just who else would we get in who could be as good as Lennon? And I can't give as well-balanced argument as Tom did, but... I'm still pretty much pro Lennon. I'm a big fan. Fair dues. Um, Dan, sorry I forgot your name there for a second, Dan. How could you do such a thing? I'm a renowned <laughs> poet. Do you not know who I am? Poet, you don't even know it. I'm trying to do two <laughs> different things at once here. Oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that. That's You should be giving your whole attention to this here podcast. But anyway, is Lennon, I'll try. Is Lennon as good as Bolton fans thinks he is? No, he's not. The people rate him a lot higher than he does. And Tom's right. He has. He, he's gotten away with a lot more than other managers would have done. Then Coyle, Friedman, Megson, anyone, he's gotten, a lot, he's gotten away with it. But it's fine, I don't mind it, and I agree, and I, I'm fine with that because I'm supporting him. He's under a fucking very difficult job, and he's he might not be as good as he thinks he is, or as we think he is, but he's far better than it was at the minute. He's easily our biggest asset, and if we don't have him, then we're fucked in no uncertain terms. But I only qualm with Lennon, really, my big, my big thing that gnaws at me is his insistence on playing players in their wrong position. Feeney has to be binned off from being up front. At wing, I can stomach him as a winger, but up front, no, you just can't do it. Matt Davis is wasted playing in the left of a diamond. Vela is wasted playing in defensive midfield in a diamond or right wing back. He needs, I understand when needs must and Vela has to go right back and whatnot, but he needs to know when he's got a reasonably fully fit squad. He needs to have his first team players in his first, you know, in their positions and I was going to mention this in the MKD Dons preview, but you know, we kind of 
scared of that. That I'd like a return of the the formation we used when we were playing Vesemblen in four two three one against the MK Dons. I want wingers on the pitch. I want a solid defensive midfield. I want a solid straight back line. Medine up front, behind. Then hopefully Walker and this new lad if he does come in, even though he's not signed yet. Wellington Silver on the other wing, and just go at them with pace on the flanks and creativity in the middle. And if Lennon just keeps it simple. And again, I'm not, I'm not opposed to the three-five-two either, but it, it needs practice and time. And at the minute, he needs to just keep things simple, and so we don't, so the players don't obviously get confused and whatnot, and know the system well. Get back to basics. Get back to how he was playing. You know, the winning game spends in the mind, and I think we'll, we'll be fine. But to the original question, I have faith in Lennon, but not 100%. As Tom will go on to explain why in better detail than I can. Excellent. We'll come to that, uh, Tom, to conclude things in a moment or two. I, I think I'm going to take a little bit from all your opinions. I'm, I'm a fan of Lennon. I don't think we could do better at all. Uh, and I, th- I think that at the moment we need each other. He needs us and, and we need him because, like one of the respondents said, that we've got a lot to, to lose to get rid of him. Um, and he's got a lot to lose by not succeeding at Bolton at the same time because we've obviously got to, a, a lot to prove ourselves in this division. We want to try and get out of it. And I don't think we could do we could do better elsewhere because who realistically could, could come and, and do any worse or any better? I think it's a really short list, um, and so I count our blessings that we've got him and not be too critical because, like another respondent said, he's still dealing with a lot of shite, isn't he? Really, he's still dealing with a lot of Dougie's castoffs, the players that nobody wants, and, and that's one indication of how poor these players are that he's tried to move them on, and nobody wants them. It's just a plain fact; nobody wants them. I mean, Mido. He's not even past how far his stock has fallen. We're talking about somebody who's played in the Champions League. It's just one of those funny situations at Bolton at the moment where we're going to have to just rat- overcome this this bumpy road that we're on for the time being. Hope it doesn't last for too long and then we can look for, start looking forward to a, to a bit of a brighter future. So, yeah, I've got faith in him. I, I think he does need to step it up a bit, though, at the same time because, obviously, he's got talent as a manager. He, he just needs to maybe bring it out a bit more. Um, he's got his hands tied in terms of finances. He's got his hands tied in terms of injuries. Um, but I just think that if we can start having a bit of a run of form, get some players back fit who've been struggling to get fitness, I think we might see a different ball and one with a lot more confidence going forward. So I'm going to back Lennon, back him all the way, um, and we'll see how we get on at weekend. Uh, beat Dougie and I'll love you forever. Tom, do you want to just bring things to a close, mate? Um, feel free to recap on your excellent article from earlier on, uh, early on today or, or late last night uh, and let us know what you think about Neil Lennon. Saviour or fraud? Where do you stand on it? Before I go into it, did Celtic beat Barcelona once? I'm not sure. I, I, I heard a rumour um, that, that that could have been something else. Right, OK. I just wanted to provide some, some context to the situation before I went into it. Um, right, <laughs> Important, okay. that. Right. So, so my article was slightly different in terms of the question that's been asked. The question is, do I have 100% faith in Neil Lennon? And the answer is no. And now that's not to his detriment. That doesn't mean he's a poor manager. That doesn't mean I want him to get sacked. The only manager that I ever had 100% faith in was Sam Allardyce because I knew that as long as he was there, my football club was, wasn't going anywhere. We were solid. We were solvent. We, were, we, were, we had a long-term plan. Now... Do I have 100% faith that we'll be in this division next season? No. Now, that doesn't mean that he's a bad manager and it doesn't mean I want him to be sacked. Um, It's very rare that he'd have 100% faith in a manager. I'm thinking Allardyce, Pulis. It's a a rare breed of manager that you'd you'd back 100%. So, no, I I, I don't don't have 100% faith in him, but that doesn't mean that I want him out the door. My, My article was more 
happy with the fact that he's got away with with a lot. And in in a way, I'm quite happy. I mean, I, I received a tweet today from somebody who was saying, "Well, isn't isn't it a good thing that he's he's got a bit of a, a decent reputation at the minute? Because it's it's not nice to I mean to sit in the stands and to hear to hear Megson out or to hear Coyle out or Friedman out. It's not it's not a nice atmosphere. It's poisonous. So it is good that he's got away with a lot. But my point is, I mean, I'm looking at the the, the fact the facts and the figures, and he doesn't compare any differently as a Bolton Wonders manager than Friedman or Coyle did. And I know context again, I need to provide it. I know he's dealing with a difficult financial situation and he's dealing with a, one of the poorer squads we've had. But the record's there and he's won one third of his games. Um, that's not to say it won't improve. I just don't think his his experience is convincing enough for me. Um, when I'm looking at his, his one job in football being the easiest job in football... I mean, if Ronnie Daler gave up the Celtic job tomorrow and I went and got it, I'm going to win Celtic, the, the Scottish Premier League, because that is the easiest job in professional football. And he's, ne- he's never had a situation like this. He's never had uh, a relegation battle. He's never had a financial situation like this. So whether or not he can he can get us through that, I don't know. It doesn't mean I want him to get sacked. I think he's, he's a good manager. I think he, he talks sense. He's an honest bloke. And he works hard, but whether or not that's going to be enough, I don't know. So, do I have 100% faith in him? No, but I, I would like to think that I'm, I'm quite patient with him. And hopefully, fingers crossed, Spank MK Dons tomorrow night, 5 0 against Forest on Saturday, and then I'll be on next time telling you how brilliant he is <laughs> and how he's going to, how he's going to get the, uh, the Leicester job. <laughs> well, it's nice to end on a positive note and we'll take whatever positives we can get at this point in the, in the proceedings fellas well it's been very illuminating tonight I'm, 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 I know we've dragged on a little bit late what we're on now half eleven flipping it we've gone on a bit longer than I anticipated but happy days there's a lot to talk about in Bolton world as ever um, I can appreciate I appreciate everyone for, for chipping in tonight that's the listeners fans, readers, enemies everyone as we said before you're all always very welcome we do appreciate you you're listening to us and following the website as well we've been doing some unbelievable unbelievable numbers in terms of our daily visitors as well so we've had a big pat on the back from our american overlords um so yeah we want to pass on our thanks to everyone as well and if you've not liked us on facebook make sure you do if you've not liked us on twitter make sure you do and if you've not left us a five-star review on uh, itunes for the podcast make sure you do as well every single person that does will receive a free pint on the the official love pod gathering on saturday in the fan zone at two o'clock Courtesy of Daniel Murphy, who got his student loan through last week, and he's sure. uh, he's, he's going <laughs> to piss it all up the wall. All of it. <laughs> he's going to he's going to piss it up the wall on his dad's credit card that he found last night. Yeah. So we'll call it a day from here today. Um, I'm at nineteen money eighty three on Twitter. Uh, come to me for wrestling, football, and Nicholas Cage films. Elliot, where can people find you online? Uh, Elliot underscore Turnbull on Twitter. Nice. I've been seeing a lot of posts from you lately about some football tour. Am I right in thinking you're uh, you're not a bad little uh, amateur footballer on the sly? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Have you ever been the Northbury Junior League under 11 top scorer in 1994? I'm a goalkeeper, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't get that. Chris. Yeah, not, not, not many people have got that on there. I can't, I can't compete Absolutely. with you. No. Yeah, I got my I got my trophy from Nobby Styles at Radcliffe Civic Hall in the presentation ceremony. What a memory. 
Uh, Tom, where can people find you online, mate? Uh, you can find me uh, at Twitter or down the Manny Road, where I will be starting a sweepstake on how long it takes Daniel Murphy to start complaining about David Cameron and Trish. Um, <laughs> You know, I think the the winner for that would be zero because or minus something because it happened long, long ago, long, long ago. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I've got, I've got, the, I've got. I'm back in the Friday of Freshers Week. <laughs> Look at you! And <laughs> I leave on September 20th. So my la- my last home game, my last Bolton home game, is ironically against Sheffield Wednesday. Before I go to Sheffield. So, ah, um, nice. Poetic. Indeed. And uh, I seem to be very good at that recently, don't I? Poetic. Uh, where can people find you online then, Dan, for the next few weeks before before you disappear into a, into a cloud of Jägermeister and, uh, and, and cheap kebabs? Right. But everyone, fa- follow me on Mugroski. I'll be tweeting about Arrow at SummerSlam because that's going to be fucking sick. This might sound really weird, listeners, but Chris's internet on this. The Skype's been really incredibly dodgy tonight. It's been quite an effort. But that's the end of the love pod. I'm going to say the goodbyes. See you later. See you on the flip side.